Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Driscoll's. Only the finest berries. Hello, young chefs, and welcome back to Mystery Recipe. I'm Molly Birnbaum, Editor-in-Chief of America's Test Kitchen Kids. And I'm Bitsy, Oven Mitt, future CEO and co-host on the show. Future CEO, huh? Yep. Not sure what that is yet, but Susie said that's what she's working towards, and so I figure it must be pretty great. Every week on Mystery Recipe, we'll be talking about the fun, fantastical, and fascinating sides of a different kitchen ingredient. Plus, at the end of the season, we'll use all the ingredients to cook a mystery recipe together. Can you guess what it is yet? So far, we know it will use pepper, mayonnaise, sriracha, and lettuce. It's day two of Lettuce Week. That's right. Today, we have a crispy and fresh round of tricky trivia, followed by an inspiring conversation in Ask a Grown-Up. And Andrea is back to finish off the episode with a round of how-to time. So, future CEO Mitzi, care to send us to the theme song? Sure. See everyone oh, on the other side of the theme song. <laughs> Tastes good. Ooh. Sounds sharp. Mystery recipe. CEO, huh? Yes. Can't wait to find out what that is. I'm thinking it's like one of those easy peasy jobs where you just give a lot of hugs and you don't need to make a lot of difficult choices. Am I right? Mm, not really. Hi, friends. Susie, perfect timing. Hi, Mitzi. Hi, Molly. How's it going? It's going great. I was just asking Molly what exactly a CEO is. Oh, that's funny, because you told me this morning your goal was also to be a CEO, just like me. It's true. I do want to do that. But I also don't actually know what that means. I just think you know what you're doing, so if it's good enough for you, well, it must be good enough for me. Ah, Mitzi, that's super-duper sweet. Well, if you don't already know, I'd love to tell you. Please! CEO is another initialism, actually. Wow, the abbreviations never end. It stands for Chief Executive Officer. Sounds sharp. The dictionary definition is the highest-ranking person in a company or other institution ultimately responsible for making managerial decisions. You just have the dictionary definition memorized? Yeah. What? Uh, Nothing. That's just amazing. Basically, the CEO is the very top person in charge of a company or organization. They're the top of the ladder. And that's what you want to be, Susie? Yes. I think I have all the makings of an excellent leader. Oh? Like what? Well, I am an excellent listener. A good leader is responsible for making decisions at a company that benefit all the employees. Just like a teacher makes choices to help all their students, a CEO should make choices for the good of the company and the people who work there. And what does that have to do with being a good listener? Well, as CEO, I would need to listen to my employees or the people that work at my company. I need to be able to really understand what issues they have and help solve them. Oh, amazing! 
I bet you would be great at that. Thanks, Mitzi. I super duper appreciate it. I think so too. What else makes you a good CEO? Well, I'm decisive. I'm good at making choices quickly based on the information I have. So I would be good at taking action and not overthinking things. What a great lesson, Susie. Now we know what a CEO does and that it's a good thing to know what your strengths are. We are learning so much today. Speaking of learning so much, it's probably time for our first segment, isn't it? Absolutely. Susie, it's time for Tricky Trivia. In Tricky Trivia, listeners, I'm going to give Susie a fact about our ingredient theme, and you have to help her guess if it's true or false. Are you ready to play? Super duper ready. All right, here's your first one. The main reason why iceberg lettuce is so popular in the United States is because it is one of the most nutritious varieties of lettuce. Hmm, well, let's see. I definitely believe iceberg lettuce is popular in the United States, but I'm not totally sure it's because it's super high in nutrients. I mean, it's still a veggie and a great food to eat. I personally love how crunchy it is. But from what I know, there are other varieties of lettuce that are more nutritious. Since iceberg lettuce grows as a head, that means the center leaves aren't able to catch as much sunlight. And that means they probably don't contain as many vitamins and nutrients as lettuce leaves that grow in a more open cluster. I'm going to say false for this one, Molly. Correct. You're spot on with why this answer was false. Iceberg lettuce isn't one of the most nutritious varieties of lettuce, but there is a really good reason why it's so popular. Want to know why? I super duper do. Even though the way iceberg lettuce grows means it doesn't get quite as many nutrients as other varieties, it does make it much easier to ship and store than more delicate types of lettuce. Iceberg lettuce is very durable. Because it's more durable, it really brought lettuce to American people year-round in the 1920s. And like you said, its crunchy leaves are delicious too. That's so interesting! Agreed. Let's move on to our second question. True or false? In recent years, kale has become the most popular lettuce of choice in the United States. Well, let us think about that one and dive in. <laughs> nice one. You're on a real escarole. Thank you. Oh, kale, back to trivia. I think I can say that I know kale has become more popular over the past few years, at least anecdotally. Listeners, that basically means that I know, or at least that I have a hunch, that it's true based on things I've seen or experienced personally, rather than based on facts or research. For example, I see more recipes using kale online and in cookbooks. I see it displayed in the grocery store. And plus, Beyonce wore a sweatshirt that said kale in big letters in one of her music videos. I mean, what better champion of a leafy green than the queen bee herself? So I haven't exactly done much research tracking the popularity of kale over the years myself, though I bet that would be some interesting data. I should look into that. You are so cool! But it definitely seems like it's become more popular over the last few years, based on what I've observed myself. So based on those observations, I'm going to go with true. Ah, I love the way you thought that out and used your own experiences to make a guess. But that one is actually false. That's fair. My experiences are different from a lot of other people's. Always good to remember that. 
But in terms of this question, there's actually one big reason that the answer to this question is false. Ooh, this just got more interesting. Tell me, Molly, is this a particularly tricky piece of trivia? It's trickier than some. The reason why this answer is false is because kale isn't actually a part of the lettuce family. It's part of the cabbage family. Ooh, that was tricky. So then that means kale is related to foods like broccoli and Brussels sprouts. Exactly right. Both lettuce and kale are leafy green vegetables, but they come from different families of plants. Are you ready for the last question? You know it. True or false? Lettuce has almost no flavor and is always very mild. Ah, this one I can absolutely answer as false. You are absolutely correct. Some lettuce, like iceberg or bib lettuce, is very mild. When you eat it in a salad, you probably won't notice a ton of flavor. It might taste subtly sweet or grassy. But there are lots of types of lettuce that pack a ton of flavor. For example, radicchio and frisee are types of lettuce that are a little bitter. Growers work hard to control the bitterness in these types of lettuce so that they're not too bitter. I personally enjoy a salad with a mixture of greens. Some green and red lettuce, maybe some of those bitter greens you mentioned. I even like to add in some tender herbs like cilantro. Sounds like the start of a great salad to me. And the end of a great tricky trivia segment. That was amazing. Thanks so much, Molly. That was super fun. Hey, Susie, remember how you were talking about your strengths earlier when you said you'd make a really good later? Yep. I have to tell you, you are so good at talking about yourself. Aw, uh, thanks, Mitzi. What do you mean? Well, a lot of people might hear someone talk about themselves this way and think, golly, she sure is full of herself. Well, I am full of myself. You are? Yeah, I'm full of love for myself. I'm full of confidence, too. I think people who mistake confidence for being full of yourself actually need to go and find some confidence of their own. There's nothing wrong with knowing what you're good at. If that makes anyone else uncomfortable or jealous, then it just means they need to spend some time finding their own confidence instead of trying to tear yours down. Wow. Wow, Susie, wow. Yes? You are so cool. Gah, thanks, Mitzi. Oh, did you hear that? What? I said gah, just like you. Looks like you're rubbing off on me, Mitzi. Must be because you are such an excellent leader yourself. Gah! 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 Chad! Hi, friends. Why are we gahing? Because Mitzi is an excellent leader. Gah! What? Nothing. I was just gahing because I agree. Mitzi is an excellent leader. Speaking of excellent leaders... It's time for Ask a Grown-Up? Yes, and today, since it's Lettuce Week, I'm going to learn about being the head of an organization. Well, before we get to Ask a Grown-Up, it's time for a quick word from our sponsors. Grown-ups, these ads are for you. Hey, grown-ups. I want to tell you about our sponsor, the Kroger Family of Stores. If you're anything like me, it's easy to let grocery shopping fall to the bottom of your to-do list. Kroger's grocery delivery service has taken the stress out of the process. You don't even need to leave your house. Shop online and get fresh groceries delivered to your house in as little as an hour. Shopping couldn't be simpler. 
It's easy to find the items you buy often, or you can search for exactly what you're looking for. Then schedule a delivery time that works for you and get back to what matters most. Save time and order online with Kroger's Grocery Delivery. Learn more at Kroger.com. I want to tell you about our sponsored Driscoll's. Driscoll's raspberries are a sweet and delicious snack straight out of the clamshell. My daughter Olive and I shared some. What does it taste like? Almost like the blackberries. A little sour. But is it also super sweet? Do you love them? Yeah. How much do you love them? It's like 321. How does it make you feel to have berries for snacks? Like if you were on a rocket ship and you were flying to the moon, would that be how happy berries make you? Yes, that's how happy I am on a rocket ship to the moon. The sweetness isn't just inside these Driscoll's raspberries. It's also in the moments they help make. To discover where you can buy berries worth sharing, head to driscolls.com slash ATKKids. That's driscolls.com slash ATKKids. And we're back. And so is our friend and producer, Chad. Hello. So, Chad, what are we going to be talking about today? Well, since it's Lettuce Week, I wanted to talk to someone about what it means to be the head of an organization. My name is Simone Marian. I am the co-founder and the co-CEO of Girls Leadership. Simone is not just the co-founder and co-CEO of any company. She is the co-founder and co-CEO of a company that teaches other people all about what it means to be a leader. Girls Leadership is a national educational nonprofit. We're based in Oakland, California, and we're supporting girls across the country online and in person. And our mission is to teach girls to exercise the power of their voice. Teaching girls to use the power of their voice sounds like a complicated idea, but Simone means it quite literally. So when we're born, when we're babies, when we're little kids, our voices are really strong. Whatever we feel, whatever we think, whatever we need or believe, we express it and we don't hold back, even if that makes grown-ups roll their eyes and sigh and pull out their hair. But for girls in particular, as we grow up, The world teaches us you should be attractive and you should be happy and you should be calm. As we internalize all those messages, sometimes our voice gets quieter and it gets smaller because we say what we think we should feel or we should think. And girls' leadership here is, is here to keep girls connected to that knowledge they were born with so that they can stay just as strong and fierce as they were as toddlers all the way through elementary school. As we grow up, it becomes more and more clear that sometimes people are treated differently because of their gender. And so boys and girls and non-binary folks all need different things in order to find their own voice. So sometimes people assume because I run girls' leadership, that I've got daughters, but I actually had two boys at home. I have seven and nine-year-olds. And so I often talk about that, that girls' leadership is not here because girls have it worse. I can see as a mom of two boys 
that boys are dealing with tough expectations too. And we're here because they're different, not because one is any bigger or worse than the other. Recognizing what makes us different and not ignoring those differences, but embracing them is actually a big part of the work that girls' leadership does. It all comes down to a very small word that is actually really, really big. It's called equity. Equity is so important to our work, and it really means like the way that each of us is different. We're different in so many different ways. For girls' leadership, we're starting with the difference of um, gender identity, but then there's also differences with race and ethnicity, with physical ability, learning abilities. There's all these differences that we have. And um, the idea of equity is that each of us needs different supports to thrive, to be our best, most powerful selves. So like if I grew up as a white girl in New England, I'm going to need different support from a teacher or a friend than my co-CEO, Takai Tyler, she grew up as a Black girl in Wyoming, right? So we're going to need different kinds of things in life to thrive and to lead and, and to be our most powerful selves. One thing that I've sometimes seen is that girls who are strong leaders and are their most powerful selves are sometimes called bossy. Simone had a lot to say about this. Bossy is a business word, right? And originally, when businesses were created, women weren't in those roles. It was all men who were the boss. They were in charge, right? And so when women who at the time had no power, no voice, acted in a way where they were being powerful, they were making changes, people would say, that's bossy. Literally, you're, you're, you're acting like the boss, like you're in charge, right? And it's only because people are so uncomfortable. And I would say this isn't just like a long time ago. I'd say even now, <laughs> people are so uncomfortable with women being in charge and being powerful or girls being powerful that they use that label as if it were something bad, as if being the boss, the president, the CEO, or something bad. So we just encourage anyone who gets called that, like, own that label, like, yeah, I'm bossy. <laughs> yeah, it's because I'm making the world a better place. Like, I'm a, I'm a leader. And before I let Simone go back to her very important work of using equity to empower girls across the country, I had one more question for her. I asked Simone what it means to be a leader. Leadership is making others better as a result of your presence and making that impact last in your absence. That definition of leadership uh, came from Harvard Business School, right? So it came out of the business world, making others better as a result of your presence. And I love this definition of leadership because no one else decides if you get to make other people better as a result of your presence. Like that's a decision we all get to make every single day when we wake up, no matter whether we have a job or, or don't have a job or have a role or don't have a role. And then I also love it because it's anyone of any age can make other people's lives better as a result of their presence. That's 
listening to other people and connecting to other people and things that our culture doesn't always value so much, especially as you get older, like caring and loving other people. And I think if we really listen and understand and love each other, I get how cheesy that sounds, but I stand behind it, uh, then we will really be able to change them with our, with our presence. And I think that's true leadership. If you want to hear more about Girls Leadership, you can go to girlsleadership.org and sign up for their newsletter. About once a week, they'll tell you about new programs, research tips, findings, and lots of other great organizations, too. And you can follow them on Instagram or on Facebook at Girls Leadership. Thanks so much, Chad. And thanks to Simone Marion from Girls Leadership as well. Molly, I have to say, that program sounded incredibly inspiring and so helpful. What did you find helpful about it, Susie? Well, I know that I've been called bossy in the past, and it really doesn't feel good. Uh, I hear you, Susie. I can totally imagine why it might feel bad to be called bossy. If I am confident that I'm just being a good leader, it shouldn't matter what people say about me. That's right. Okay, now I'm crying. How are you not crying? This is so inspiring. Hey, everybody. Is everything okay, Mitzi? Yes, Susie is just going to be a CEO someday, and I am already so proud! Ah! I believe that, for sure. Hey, Andrea! If you're here, then it must be time for Tricky Trivia! Every week, our friend Andrea is going to teach Susie something new to up her arsenal of kitchen skills. Andrea is a test cook here at America's Test Kitchen Kids. That means she works on developing recipes and experiments for our cookbooks and things like the Young Chef's Club boxes. You can find out more about all that fun stuff by going to atkkids.com. So, Andrea, what are you and Susie going to be working on today? Well, today Susie and I are going to be talking about prepping vegetables. Oh, I love vegetables. Oh, yeah? What kinds of vegetables? I like potatoes, peppers, sometimes even a little spinach. That sounds delicious. Can I ask you how you prep your vegetables before you cook them? By prep, do you mean how I get them ready? I sure do. Well, sometimes I peel my potatoes. I chop peppers. Uh, but you're looking at me like I'm missing something here. I think you skipped a pretty crucial step there, Susie. Oh no, I did? What's that? You didn't wash any of your vegetables. Wash them? You mean like the dishes? Not quite. You don't use soap when you wash vegetables. But why would you wash them? Well, let's think this through. First of all, where do fruits and vegetables come from? The store. Before that. Oh, I know, a farm or a garden. That's right. Fruits and vegetables are plants that grow in gardens or on farms. And what do plants grow in? Dirt. Oh, 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 yuck. That's why you said we should wash them, isn't it? That's exactly right. Most fruits and vegetables come out of the ground, and so it's a good idea to wash fruits and vegetables before cooking with them, in case there's any dirt left over on them. Just a rinse? Shouldn't we use soap? I want to make sure all my foods are super 100% dirt-free. Don't get me wrong. I love playing outside in the dirt, but it does not belong on my vegetables. It's not a very good idea to use soap when cleaning foods that you're going to eat, Susie. 
Soap is not safe to eat, so you should always wash your produce with just plain water. But then how can we make sure all of the dirt is gone? For lots of fruits and vegetables, you can just see if there's any dirt left on them, like a potato. Some foods, though, are a little harder to wash because they have lots of crevices for dirt to get caught in. For example, this week's ingredient, lettuce. So today, I'm going to teach you how to properly wash lettuce. Okay, I'm excited to get our lettuce super clean. Do we need a special tool like a lettuce brush? Hmm, a lettuce brush sounds cool. But no, we wouldn't want to brush the dirt off of lettuce. It's too delicate. And just rinsing it can be difficult because lettuce leaves grow very close together. There are lots of places for dirt to get caught. We're going to use a salad spinner. Listeners at home, Andrea is holding what looks like a big bowl with a smaller bowl inside of it with a lid on top. A salad spinner has three main parts. A large bowl, a slightly smaller colander that sits inside the bowl, and a lid that goes on top. A colander, folks, is like a bowl with lots of little holes in it used to strain or drain things. Nice, Susie. We will separate our lettuce leaves and then put our lettuce or any other vegetable we want to wash inside the large bowl and fill it with water. This soaks the lettuce leaves in water so dirt comes off and falls to the bottom of the bowl. So now we can lift the lettuce leaves out and put them in the smaller colander. We'll dump the water that was in the bowl. Then comes the fun part. This is all fun to me. This part will be even more fun. See this big handle on top? That's the spinner. You can push down on it and it will spin the colander around really fast, which will dry off all the lettuce. Oh, I bet I can figure this out. Hmm. It looks like the spinning motion from the spinning bowl must separate the water from the leaves. And the water collects in the larger bowl. So you can just dump it down the sink. That is exactly right. Then you have clean, dry lettuce to use in salads or bowls or anything you'd like. It's important to dry your lettuce so that dressing will cling to the leaves better. You can use salad spinners to wash all kinds of greens and herbs, too. Andrea, what if young chefs at home don't have a salad spinner? In that case, you can rinse off your lettuce in a colander, then shake it dry a bit and lay the leaves out on a clean dish towel or a few layers of paper towels and then pat them dry. You'll still have clean greens. And that's the most important part. No one wants to accidentally eat dirt. Exactly. Well, that's it for this week, Susie. See you next time. Bye, Andrea. Thanks again, Andrea. Well, that's about all the time we have for today. We'll be back soon with more leafy green goodness. We've got some colorful science in our pressing question segment, followed by something epic in our wild card. And remember, at the end of the season, we'll be using all of our ingredients in a very special mystery recipe to cook together. Can you guess what it is? If you love Mystery Recipe, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And if you liked this episode, share it with a friend. Or feel free to leave us a review. We love reading them. We also love you if you don't leave us a review. We always love you. Until then, keep keep on on cooking. Mystery Recipe is hosted by me, Molly Birnbaum and I am a Sour Patch Kid. Chad Chennai is our writer and producer. He's a peanut butter cup. Our executive producer is Caitlin Kelleher. She's a lemon meringue pie. 
Andrea Vavjin is a Biscoff cookie, and Katie O'Hara is a chocolate brownie cookie, and they are both contributing writers on our show. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Anya Jeshik, strawberry shortcake, and Matt Boynton, an orange creamsicle, of Ultraviolet Audio. Jonathan Roberts composed our theme music and is a key lime pie. Our director of post-production is Jen Margolis. She's a cannoli. Our line producer is Diane Knox, who is a chocolate lava cake. Jack Bishop is the chief creative officer of America's Test Kitchen. He's a lattice-top peach pie. David Nussbaum is our CEO, and he's chocolate avocado pudding. Special thanks to our senior science editor, Paul Adams, executive editor, Kristen Sargianis, executive food editor, Susanna McFerrin, associate art director, Gabby Hamanoff, senior editor, Afton Cyrus, associate editors, Katie O'Hara and Tess Berger, Tess cooks, Andrea Vavjin and Cassandra Laughlin, and assistant Tess cook, Kristen Bango. This episode featured the voices of Kira O'Sullivan and Brianna Maya. Thanks again to our sponsors, Kroger, Driscoll's, and Green Pan. Mystery Recipe is a production of America's Test Kitchen Kids. So, Susie, I've been thinking more about this CEO stuff. And? I think I might leave that one to you. I am pretty confident at all, but I'm not sure CEO really plays to my strengths. I've been thinking more about maybe becoming a COO. Oh? Yeah, Chief Oliver Officer. Oliver, my cat, is just the best, and I just can't stop telling everyone how great he is. Or maybe a CPO. Chief Pun Officer? Yes! For example, I was finally promoted to head of the lettuce farm. But unfortunately, so was everybody else. <laughs> nice one, Mitzi. Hi, grown-ups. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our newsletter. If you love the fun food content we share on Mystery Recipe, then sign up today for our ATK Kids newsletter to receive even more recipes, activities, and stories from me straight to your inbox. As a mom of two, I always try to include things that are important to my family, and it's a great way to hear about all the new things we are cooking up at ATK. Plus, every new email added will be entered for a chance to win three free ATK Kids books for toddlers through teens. We'll draw 10 winners every month while the promotion lasts. And we have some great books available all the time. Head to atkkids.com newsletter to sign up today for your chance to win. 